Next Chapter Podcasts. I started to appreciate country music more when I moved to L.A., weirdly enough. That makes no sense to me. Part of it's because I uh, started going to a gay country western bar. (laughs) What was it called? (laughs) It's still there. It's called Oil Can Harry's. Oh, I love that name. They got the, dude, the gay bars have the best names ever. Ever. Dingles. Brian's rage. Blue balls. When, you, when I go through, when I go through, <laughs> blue ball, when I go through Santa Monica Boulevard towards that area, and I, I, I like the first time I saw that Five Guys Burger place, I was like, oh, a new, a new gay bar opened up, and I was like, oh no, that's the Burger Place. What's playing right now? Give It Up or Let Me Go by Bonnie Raitt off her 1972 release, Give It Up. And that is number 495 out of 500 on The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, everybody? I am Josh Adam Myers, your host, the four-legged comedian, the king of fleas, Jimmy Josh Adams, whatever you want to call me. Thank you for tuning in to the only podcast where each week we go through Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 albums list. From five, honey, all the way down to numero uno. Hope you guys pay for your Spotify's, your Apple Music, and all that other shit, because this is going to be rocking and rolling until May 31st, 2028. I'm trying to come up with a name for you guys, so I need your opinions. I was thinking about calling you the five honeys. What's up, my little five honey bunnies? Ooh. Does that sound good to y'all? Because I think we might have hit it. Five Honey Bunnies. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. I sure as hell did. Kevin Nealon is the shit. The people that reached out on social media, uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, You guys are fantastic. I love you guys so, 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 so much. Dude, it's been a great launch month. Uh, November was my birthday, and it was also the goddamn comedy jam that we did at the Roxy with Bill Burr, Jim Jeffries, Becky Robinson, Joe DeRosa, and the Scalar Brothers. It was a fantastic show, um, but the podcast has been phenomenal, and I'm just having the time of my life doing this, guys. I fucking love it, man. I fucking love it, and I love you, and I love Stitcher for featuring the 500 on the front page all month long. Love me some Stitcher. That's not saying I don't love all the other formats. I love them all, but Stitcher gave us some goddamn love, y'all. They gave us some goddamn love. But now that we're in December, guys, we've got Christmas, we got Hanukkah, we got Kwanzaa, we got all those great things. And uh, I hope you guys' New Year's resolution is to join our VIP membership of the 500 to hear full interviews and the show a day early on Record Store Tuesdays. What I'm trying to ask you guys to do is if you join the 500 Club and you choose the all-access category, that's a $50 level on Patreon, you'll get... That first t-shirt in time for Christmas Day. And if you sign up by December 10th, that's a limited time offer. But we figure that you guys are going to want that swag and it's going to go fast. So go to the500podcast.com and click the 500 Club to join. It is the shit. Join the movement. It's a fucking movement. We're moving towards number one. And we're going to hit it on May 31st, 2028. I know you get tired of me saying it, but guys, I'm just trying to stress to you that we are down to our final episodes. Final. Because when this shit is done, there's not another list. I'm only doing these. But these are the greatest songs and, and albums in the history of mankind. Hands down. We do have uh, a few comments, and I'd like to read some of them to you. We got this one from Travis Moore. He's a new VIP club member on Patreon. He goes, hey, Josh, thanks for the podcast, exclamation point. Two of them, because uh, he's really excited. I'm excited, and then he says that. I'm excited for the musical journey ahead. Big fan of your appearances on The Crab Feast, which is my favorite podcast ever, next to mine. And I hope you are one of the final four. I've started the 500 countdown myself, listening to one a day, and will listen to the weekly album alongside your podcast to get the most out of your show. 
smart man, Travis, but I should have known that. I've always played music to my 16-month-old daughter during bath time, trying to play her something new every night. So with the album countdown of giving her a musical education, she hasn't got a clear favorite yet. Keep up the good work, dude. Travis. Travis, guess what? I'm going to keep up the good work. I'm going to keep it up because I've got 490... Oh my God, 494 more episodes to go. Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you guys knew how long it took me to tape these things, then you would be like, uh, this Josh is going to have about 19 breakdowns just this month alone. We also got uh, more from one of our OG fans' uh, YouTube comments. Larry Leitner said you should set up a camera. I would like to, but here's the deal, guys. We're, we're trying to work on doing video for the podcast, but, man, it's difficult because a lot of these people that I'm interviewing are celebrities, and they're extremely busy, and the fact that I'm getting them to listen to this record and to sit down and talk to me is, is pretty fucking difficult, and I'm super excited that they'd even want to be a part of it. So what I'm saying is it's like I got to go to their homes. It would be weird if I set up like a three-camera shoot. We're working on it. That's all I know, guys. We're working on getting you guys video. I promise you... We will get you guys video eventually. So, Tamor Hassan, are there any videos of your podcast? There's none yet. Also, big thanks to JT Mullins and Starter Visions and everybody else who commented on the YouTube channel. We hope you guys are liking it. And we just passed 1,000 views and 50 subscribers. So, uh, I'll be retiring very soon. What I'm trying to say is, guys, we are. Uh, I'm super excited for anybody that is digging it on any platform. I love that you're digging it. Share this. Share this. We got some comments on Apple Podcasts. First of all, the Crab Feast fans are the shit, and dude, I love them more than anybody, so I'd love to read all of them. Uh, Here's one that I enjoyed, and it's just the title is The King of Fleece Has a Podcast? You goddamn right, The King of Fleece Has a Podcast. Dude, I'm wearing fleece right now. I got on fleece socks, fleece underwear. I got on a fleece talus because I'm ready for Hanukkah. Even though, you know, I was never bar mitzvah. I'm getting bar mitzvah when I turn 40, everybody. I'm letting you guys know that right now for my 40th birthday, which is a year from now, November 14th. I am getting bar mitzvah. I'm, I'm working with a rabbi uh, shortly, and uh, I'm getting bar mitzvah. So I got a fleece talus and a fleece yarmulke. All right, here we go. So this is uh, the title is The King of Fleece Has a Podcast. This might be the best podcast I have ever heard. And Crystal... I ain't faking nothing. Oh, Crystal! <laughs> Crystal was a girl that I uh, I was once in love with a long time ago, and then I faked an orgasm when we finally got to have sex. So that's uh, where that joke is from. I enjoyed listening uh, to it in the Outback of Outback. That's where I got into a fight. Listen to my Crab Feast episodes, everybody. It's a great podcast. It's coming to an end. But uh, there's still, maybe there's a surprise for y'all coming in late December with Josh. But just letting you know, I got a bunch of episodes on there. So I enjoyed listening to it out back of Outback. And that's where I got punched by a guy for no reason. I mean, after I spit in his face, that is. But come on, does that justify it? God, this is he, this guy is such a huge fan of my Craft Feast episodes. This is beautiful. So don't cry them angry tears. Just sit back and listen to the world's only four-legged comic, Mr. Jimmy Josh Adam Needle Nose Myers. Five stars, fuck the 500. You guys can write that. I, I don't mind. I know I'm biting off the crab feast when I say this, but you can literally just write fuck the 500 and give it five stars. That is, that I'm, yeah. Ryan will probably get mad at me if I say that. So you can, How about go fuck yourself with 500? You guys come up with something fun. Come up with something fun, and I would love that. Also, I want to make a huge announcement. Apple Podcast is featuring this podcast on New and Noteworthy this entire week. So I love you, Apple. Thank you so much for the love. You should be doing this for me because I got an Apple iPhone. I got Apple TV. I got an Apple computer, and I eat apples. Granny Smith and Fiji. Because my doctor told me to. Uh, it was a great week for me, everybody. I had a bunch of shows. Uh, and uh, 
We, uh, I've been listening to a couple albums right now that we're getting prepped to record uh, because I'm not really doing these as weekly as you'd like. This is a lot of fucking work, guys. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to get some huge guests and their availabilities all over the place. Just like the guest on this episode's podcast. Okay. So I first met Fortune Feimster at the Comedy Store. Me and Angelo... Bowers, we're hanging out. We just on potluck, and Fortune went up and just ripped. And I mean, ripped the stage apart. And from that moment, I was like, dude, I'm a fan of this girl. And she's only done anything but impress me since I've known her. She has, she did the comedy jam early on, but she did the comedy jam TV show. She sang. Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks And then we got Natalie Maines to sing it with her If you guys want to watch it You can watch the entire Comedy Jam series On the Comedy Central app You have to steal one of your Relatives passcodes To like DirecTV Or Xfinity Or Comcast or whatever the fuck you guys have Over in Australia Because I see you Australia I see that you're listening to the podcast Huge shout out to Australia I want to come there so fucking tell everybody in Australia, because I want to go there. But Fortune just got back from Australia. But she did the she did the goddamn Comedy Jam live show. She did the TV show. Uh, I mean, she's she was on Champions on uh, NBC. She is just a star. She is hysterical. And if you go to her website now, you can find out all of her tour dates. I love love Fortune. And I am so honored to get her on this podcast. It took a while. Like, there was a lot of back and forth. So when we finally got to sit down and do this podcast, man, she is the shit. So don't forget to listen to the end of the podcast, guys, where we spotlight the new artist of the week that is directly influenced by the artist we're talking about today. So it's Bonnie Raitt is the influencer so we're seeing who was influenced also guys so when i book the guest and we do the interview at the end of the interview i say to them i'm like listen we want to get inside your musical taste mind so make us a mixtape that we can post for the audience we then post it on the website the 500 podcast.com so you can see Bill Burr's mixtape. You can see Kevin Nealon's mixtape. Mix, he didn't give us a Kevin didn't give us a mixtape. He gave us like a mix triple album. It's so much shit. So what I'm saying is Fortune, I mean, dude, look at these songs on her mixtape for you guys. Faithfully by Journey, Send My Love by Adele. We've got some Elton John. We got some Kelly Clarkson, some Imagine Dragons. There's some salt and pepper on there, guys. Guys. Check out the podcast. Stick around to the end of the podcast to hear the new artist. Also, rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500, guys. This is a music book club. There needs to be discussion. The only way we can have that discussion with as many people as possible. Follow me, Josh Adam Myers, on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. And uh, I think with that being said, I think it's time to get started. So here we go with number 495 out of 500 with Bonnie Ray. Give it up. Fortune! You a fortune feaster, fortune jack, fortune. You can join in. Fortune fortune feaster. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you about this record finally. I feel like I've been tracking you down for <laughs> so long. For months, you've been like, listen to Bonnie Raitt, how this an- album now. <laughs> how annoying was those? I was like, I'll get to it, jeez. You're on set. You're like, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, Jennifer Anderson, can you hold on for a second? All right, what track is, is uh, if yeah. you got to know somebody, god damn it. You know, you were, listen, that's your commitment this to is, this podcast. Well, and I mean, Bonnie. I feel like people are going to are going to want to know about this record. So you are from 
North Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. Okay, so tell me, like, what are you, what kind of music are you listening to growing up as a kid? What are you introduced to? Is it is it rhythm and blues, I mean, country? Is everyone it- assumes that it would be country, but honestly, I I I mean, there are people that listen to country music in North Carolina, but we're we're not quite as country as people assume. We're not. There's not like a. It's not like the Midwest where it's like a bunch of pickup trucks and or cowboys. Yeah, but I mean, it's still. I mean, it's still, still like, the South. Yeah, it's still there's still Alan Jackson. Yeah, right? of just course. like down by the river with the hanky <laughs> pant. That's the wrong song. Chattahoochee with the mountain on ski butt on a Chattahoochee. Um, I I kind of well I had a mix because my I had my parents influence, and they were big into oldies. So. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Anything so from that? like the Temptations, yeah. uh, to the Drifters, um, to gosh, I mean, any of those old songs. I weirdly like they'll come on and I'll know like every oldie known to man. But there's also a thing called beach music that's very popular with the older folks in North Carolina. Is that like the opening theme song to Pulp Fiction type <laughs> shit? <laughs> yeah, not really. It, it, they do a dance down there called the Shag. Uh, and there was even a movie back in the day called Shag. It's like the redneck lambada, just like <laughs> it, it's almost like uh, it's almost like sw- slower paced swing dancing. Ooh, and it's huge in North Carolina, and South Carolina for people my parents' age. So they would listen to beach music like the "You're More Than a Number" in my little red book. You're more than a one night stand. Can't you get to thinking that you've been took? You're more than a number in my little red book. It's like that kind of. You are just, you have so many stuff. talents. I know that you can dance, you can sing. You I know? think you're the lesbian Sammy Davis Jr. You know, I'm not going to lie. You, you are a fucking renaissance woman, for Christ's sake. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Um, so I listen to all that stuff. Okay, so that's the stuff the influence your parents yeah, have given but then you. My oldest brother was really big into rap, uh, but like the but like the LL Cool J, Fat Boys, uh, gosh. Uh, so you're a child of the eighties, right? You're, yeah. you're, so what? You're in your teens in the in the nineties. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so it's OPP and, yeah. and just what's popular on MTV. Exactly. And then my middle brother was a little bit more into the grunge thing. So I would, you know, hear uh, Nirvana, Nirvana, Pearl yeah. Jam. Yeah. But that wasn't, I wasn't really as much into that. But I somehow ended up loving like uh, 70s, like classic rock. And I don't know where that came from. Like, I love Journey. That was actually the first song you sang at the goddamn comedy yeah. show. Don't Stop Believing. I love Journey. I love them. And um, I, I, I love that old school stuff. But I started to appreciate country music more when I moved to L.A., weirdly enough. Oh. Because. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. Part of it's because I uh, started going to a gay country western bar. <laughs> what was it called? It's still there. It's called Oil Can Harry. Oh, I love that name. They got the dude. The gay bars have the best names. Yes, ever, ever. Dingles, <laughs> Brian's, Rage, Blue Balls. When, you, when I go through, when I go through, <laughs> Blue Ball, when I go through Santa Monica Boulevard towards that area, and uh-huh. I, I, I like the first time I saw that. Five Five Guys Burger Place. I was like, "Oh, a new a new gay bar opened up," and I was like, "Oh no, that's the Burger Place." 
five. But guys. it could have worked. But so I but so you get introduced to country here, like here, so. Yeah. So it's even your parents' influence didn't rub off on you, or no, no. I, like my first concert, I think was like Rod Stewart and then Meatloaf. It's <laughs> a good and, show. And the Beach Boys. It was That's all a that great same show year. for the first one. Yeah. Oh, mine so. was Peter Paul and Mary. Oh, I love Peter Paul and Mary. Oh, then you would have loved my parents. Then you can go <laughs> with like, them. I, hate I was it. like, if I hear Puff the Magic Dragon again, I'm gonna fucking shoot myself. I learned how to play. I taught myself how to play guitar in college, and the only song I learned was um, "Leaving on a Jet Plane." If you had to pick up, if you had to say that you had obsession bands, have you ever had any bands that it's like this is? Oh my God! This is my youth. This is my childhood. New kids on the block. Really? Okay, so you fell into <laughs> I that. Was, All right. I was a loser. Oh that's my what, God! That's a loser thing. They were one of the biggest bands in the world. I know, but it was like such a dorky thing to be into. But I was obsessed with them. But um, I loved NSYNC. They they were the next ones after that. So I loved. You're my into share the, of pop. Yeah, the boy bands. Yeah, that's who incredible. knew that the lesbian would be in the boy bands? No, I love that. I love that. I probably wanted to be in their band. I didn't want to be like a boy. Per se, but I wanted to be like a, in, a, in a boy band. In a boy, no, I get that. Yeah. It's the, the camaraderie, uh-huh. you know, the 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 father like figure that's stealing money from you. You're like, I wanted <laughs> I that. Want that. I wanted all of that. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, has your musical landscape as you've gotten older grown, or do you think you're still stuck in the same ways of the music you've been listening to? Do you venture out or, I or not so much? Venture out. I uh, I. Yeah, I mean, I think my love of 70s classic rock grew and I started to, you know, appreciate like real musicians. Yeah. Uh people that could play instruments and yeah, I I started Any to, particular instrument, <laughs> you just like I love them all. If they play I, piccolo or well, the I, bass guitar, I, 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 could lo- give I a always wish I could play um instruments myself, but I I dabbled in the guitar, but it wasn't really something I mastered. So, all right, so let's just take it because I like how what you just said leads us into this, the way that you're talking about the instrumental players. Mm -hmm. And I think our our album is that. Our album is number 495 out of 500. It is Bonnie Raitt's 1972 sophomore record, Give It Up. And all the songs were written by Bonnie Raitt with additional writers such as Jackson Brown, Mm -hmm. who I've met, one of the nicest guys ever. And the album was produced by American jazz producer, I get this guy's name right. Michael Kusuna. That sounds right. Okay, so so what were you expecting? Did you know anything about Bonnie Raitt like beforehand? My one of my favorite songs of all time was uh, I I can't make you love me. What what's the title of that song? I can't make. It's called I can't make you love me. I'll tell you this: being in the closet for a very long time, you get very angsty about certain people in your life and you you have feelings for them and you don't really know what it is because i didn't know i was gay you know sure it's just you knew you were attracted to something you were drawn to certain certain people yeah yeah and so there was a lot of unrequited love in my life yeah uh growing up so this was like that was like the perfect song i would be like in my shower be like i can't make you love me if you barbara Barbara, Linda. Barbara, please. I can't help. Oh, but you don't tell my parents yet. I'd be like, why am I singing this love song about Linda? So Bonnie Raitt stuck out. That was that was what you knew you knew from. Yeah, it was like the perfect. Uh, I can't make you love perfect me. Perfect sad song for a closeted lesbian. So had you listened to any Bonnie Raitt records, not no. the hits? So no, just the hits. Just the hits. So what were you expecting when you when I said this is the album I need you to listen to? What were you? What kind of music? Well, I was used to hearing her. I mean, I guess by the time I knew her, she was a little older. This was a little lighter and. You know, when you're younger too, your voice I think probably has a little higher pitch. And, yeah, uh, and the, the mine, not mine though. Mine is. <laughs> I came out of my deeper. mom like wah wah. <laughs> See, I my wait, we, we, what were you saying about the expectations? So you yeah, already so kind I, of expected a certain sound, but you said something that stuck out to me. You said soul, uh-huh. and that's the exact opposite of what I was expecting. Really? I thought Bonnie Raitt uh-huh. was country. Oh, did you? Okay. I mean, how with with the hair? I just always she's got country hair. She's got like she's got like Grand Old Opry, like you know, down by the river with the hanky panky with the bullfrog. That's the one country song. That's all I know. Really. (laughs) 
Um, but I thought she was country. No, I was I not she expecting. Was blue. I, knew, I thought she was. I mean, I always assumed she's blues. So you were expecting that to, mm-hmm. it to open the way that it opened with, you know, got to give it up. The, uh-huh. the title song, give it up. And just like pounding when that came on, yeah. that was I was in shock. I was like, I was literally expecting more of like. Like down, you were expecting more of a like a twangy thing, very twangy. Yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So what stuck out to you the first time you're listening to this? Like, what are there any songs it, that it just seemed, immediately I mean, were, you connected to? Or I love the my favorite one was the love love you like a man. Was is that what it's called? Well, me and my other the guy that I'm going on this journey with. I'm like she's I have what like we we have a feeling she might be connected to this. <laughs> But we don't want to say anything because it's, it's low hanging fruit. It's a little on the nose. It's a little low hanging fruit. Like, why does it have to be named that? And that's my favorite song. I think it's just. And the I didn't t- plan that. Just the tune was cool. <laughs> it's a it's a great it's song. it's a great song. Great song. Um, and you just I I was like oh I kept playing that one over and over again. That was probably yeah that was definitely my, my most favorite. The slow ones I wasn't as into. I was just like yeah next. It didn't. It wasn't sad enough for me. Really. Like her. Uh, I can't make you love me. <laughs> no, I understand. What about Love Has No Pride, which we're going to talk about later because that really had an effect on me. Oh, yeah? Like, the final song on that record, it's it's uh, it's a song that I just I like just passed over the first time I listened to it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe on the 40th or 45th listen <laughs> is when it just hit me one day. And what it's it, like... What about it stuck out for you? It's it's just, just the idea. One, the title, but also you were talking about her voice. Mm-hmm. Like, I... The album to me goes from so many different genres. It's it's rhythm and blues. It does have some country. Mm-hmm. It has like slight blues rock, but it has these incredible ballads. And I was I wasn't drawn to that one, but but her voice in that one, it's like I feel like I really can feel when she says. If I could buy your love, I'd truly try, my friend. And if I could. That I did not cry here. <laughs> yeah. But the first time I heard her sing that those lyrics uh-huh. where she's like, if I could pray, my prayer would never end. But if you want me to beg, I'd fall down on my knees. Just that little that little falsetto just brings such a tear to my eye. I cried like six <laughs> times in a row Aww. listening to that. And it's also the way she says, asking for you to come back. Yeah. I'm pleading for you to come back. I'm begging for you to come back. All right. right. So l- let me ask you this question. That song is basically saying that you, you know, when, when it comes to love, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's, there's nothing. There's no more ego. There's yeah. no nothing. I am gotta, completely opened up for you. Right. You got to so, throw down the armor in a way completely so let me ask you a question how long did it take you to become vulnerable in in your current relationship or do you hold back or is there a moment that you realize you know where you're completely bare with somebody yeah you know i don't know you know every relationship is so different you know and and you have those relationships that are a little more like tumultuous and that like you fight a lot and and then you would sing a, you would like relate to a song like this, you know, where sure. you're like, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you. And then you have other relationships that are like healthier where you're just like, hey, let's talk about this. this is uh, don't do that again. Completely. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in that relationship now where it's a very healthy relationship where, I mean, we had our moments in the beginning where we had, you know, you're we getting on the same page, but I, I want to be with the person who's, like more realistic you're not like i'll die if you don't do this (laughs) you know you don't want to live your life with that person i just have i've been in relationships where it's Uh like they were unhealthy but but in that moment it's like you feel like that love is so strong that it's Mm -hmm. like without them like i'll be i'll die yeah i realize now that i'm like nah, i never die everything's actually fine it just it just sucks for a little bit, but yeah. it's it's just to hear her sing that just had such a effect on me. Well, I think it depends on too where you are in your life. I've heard songs at different points in my life where they've really touched on sure. something, you know, and then other times in my life where when I'm feeling more grounded and at peace, 
I'm, I can listen to something like that and be like, oh, that's a good song. I don't feel that. But then, like, if you had talked to me four years ago, listen to that song, I would have been like, that song <laughs> meant, <laughs> meant everything to me, you know? Yeah. I just didn't. I'm, I'm telling you, it's like I just was completely in shock when she opened up with the title track, Got to Give It Up. It's just such a banger. Mm-hmm. Peter, play some of the slide guitar. She's doing all the guitar work uh-huh. on this, and then you really start getting, you know, the themes in in the first song, and she sets up the whole record mm-hmm. because this whole album is about loss, pain, and love. It's yeah. just heavy. It's just you don't think it's so heavy because it's she, so fun. It's so fun and light. The way sounding, she's doing yeah. it. I mean, got to give it up. She's got lyrics, which I think are, are, are so funny, which is like, well, I told you, pretty baby, such a long time ago. If I found you with another, well, I'd walk right out your dough. <laughs> Might call me crazy, but there's one thing you should know. If you want me to love you, got to... Let it go. Well, you're supposed to be give it up first, but all right. Oh, okay. I don't you were pretty close. So she's talking about being <laughs> give it up. she's she's talking about being cheated on uh-huh. in this song. Let me ask you a question. Have yeah. you ever been cheated on? Or have you cheated on somebody and why? I've never cheated. Um, me neither. Pound it. I almost did, but I did but I but I, I chickened out. But oh, then I yeah. got caught for it anyway. Oh really? Yeah. Because <laughs> she found a picture that the girl had sent me. You were like, I didn't even do anything. I didn't, but she was like, yeah, right. And I was like, I swear, <laughs> I swear. You're like, this sucks because I actually didn't do anything. But you, you, so you have been, have you been cheated on? I, well, I was in a couple things where we weren't like committed. I was seeing someone uh, long distance who uh, was not truthful about who else she was seeing. Like we weren't necessarily in a committed relationship. Yeah. So it wasn't. Like technically cheating, but it was because she lied to you and she lied to me yeah. about. I, I, it turned out she was seeing several people. Really? Yeah. So that was a big shock, uh, and I did not care for that. And then I had another had another one who uh, we ended things with me telling me that she didn't want to date anybody and wanted to focus on work. And it turned out she had started seeing somebody. So, but still, it stings because. Even if it's a short relationship, it still stings because you're like, I'm being honest with you. Yeah. There's no reason to lie to me. I think that's what Bonnie was saying in that. She's mm-hmm. like, listen, if you if you want me to love you, you got to give it up. You got to be with me. You got to yeah. make me your girl. I know I got cafeteria lady hair, but fucking, <laughs> you know, she think, does, right? I think that's what, what messed you up about her. It's the hair, It's dude. the hair. You, you saw her hair and her... Crazy clothes from back in the day. That's what I'm talking about. And you, you kind of just assume she kind of almost seems like a caricature of herself. She's, it's just, dude. It's like she one. I, I now I find her to be extremely sexy. Really? Oh my oh. god! Like ex- I've watched so many interviews with her, uh-huh. and the way she carries herself. She's it, hardcore though, too. Like I was reading up a little bit about her. She had substance abuse problems. Oh yeah. And uh, she said it. Her first album that she made sober was her 10th album. So I found that to be very interesting. She, like, didn't... Most of these records got complete critical acclaim, Uh but nobody knew about her, really, like, the general population until Nick of Time came out. And that's kind of where I found out about her. The second song of the record, Nothing Seems to Matter. I love this song. It's so pretty. You can really hear the the acoustic guitar work, her killing it. And, it. and then the only thing I just thought when I heard that song for the first time is that when the sax come in, comes in, it sounds like a Billy Joel song. Oh, yeah? From the second one. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians or creatives from chino moreno of the deftones john gorley of portugal the man to fat mike from no effects and ian mckay from fugazi and minor threat we go all over the map from fallout boy to slayer peer pleasure has it all check us out now on sound talent media porn satan drugs therapy it's not just the list of what i'm up to this weekend 
I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. Peter, play 110 so we can hear that, that sax solo. Because nothing seems to matter Once again, this is another song about a breakup into a fight, and then they realize they can't live without the person. She really just just wants love, and so she really paints this picture uh, of love for this song. Uh, here's some of the sample lyrics. Last time, last time I saw you, there was nothing we could say. We knew it was time for a change. This is my favorite part. A time to think what a time to think you said that night, and I lied and said all right. I left you in the morning, I watched you in the window, and Mexico will never be the same. It's a really perfect picture painted of a fight and disagreement, even though you love somebody. But the real, real question uh, that I need to ask you is really is, why does bad shit always happen to white people in Mexico? (laughs) Why is it that white people go on vacation to Mexico and... I mean, I got busted with cocaine in you Cabo did. San Lucas. Yeah. I got hit by a car in Cabo San Lucas. Wow. I knew another comic that was in Cozumel and on a scooter and, and broke his knee. Jeez. I was dropping the Kardashian sisters off at the airport in Cabo San Lucas, working on keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, really? I was a PA. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't yeah. know that. So I had gotten busted with cocaine <laughs> at Cabo Wabo. And then we paid $100 to the guy to let me go. And then they were going to fire me when we got back to America. They're like, Josh, just finish out this shoot. Yeah. And then we get back, you know, we're going to have to let you go. And I was like, all right. And they're like, well, just go drop the girls off at the airport. Uh So I'm driving and I get to the airport and I get out of the car and I'm about to like run over to like open the door and grab their bags. Uh And then some like Toyota just hits me. No. Yeah. And I just, I'm just laying on the ground. But here's the thing. And I kind of feel bad about it, but I acted like I was in more pain. I was fine, <laughs> so but they, I didn't want to get fired. Yeah, I didn't want to get fired. So I was like, ah, ah, I think stuff's bruised. I mean, it might not be broken, but definitely bruises. <laughs> did the Kardashian girls see you get I, hit? Yes, they did. Did um, they keep walking? They did keep walking. I remember Courtney going, oh my God. These are our bags? Perfect. Bye. And then They're they like, left. I hope you feel better. That's what I'm talking about. Fucking Bonnie Newman, oh, white people Bonnie. going to Mexico. We get hit by cars. Do you have any bad Mexico stories? <laughs> no, but I've, I've, uh, well, I've been to Mexico. I studied there for two summers. Yeah. Nothing crazy happened to me. And then I've gone to Cabo a few times and we always hear like stories about people being like roofies. That's what I'm talking about. Us white people. <laughs> Mexico's so beautiful, but for some reason, I mean, if, if, if Bonnie's thrown in I her songs, all those, that tequila, you just drink a lot and this it's hot. Yeah. So you're sweating and you're not making great choices. Definitely. You let your guard down. You, you, you know, you. I think they, that lady comes up with the whistle and the and she shakes your head as she puts a shot and, beep, 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 and you all spun her out and then you get mugged and then you get into a fight with your boyfriend. I bet, yeah, I bet they had like a. They probably got loaded in Mexico and just fought like crazy. Yeah, and then she was just like, "I'm out of here." Really, but was I, sad as she left and watched him through the window. Yeah, that's it's it's just that she she loved this guy. And I feel also, like Bonnie Raitt probably has has some stories, man. Oh, for sure. Like I feel like you know she kind of slid under the radar. You know, it was pre TMZ. Going into the next song, I know this is one of my favorite songs. It bounces. It's mm-hmm. so fun. But once again, uh, she's uh, with a dude that is fucking with her and. It's just, she's like, I know you don't love me no more, no more, no, no more. It'll have to be somebody else for loving you more, loving you more. It's just that kind of repetition in the lyrics, and the jam at the end is, is, is so sick. But 
let me ask you this, because because this seems to be this reoccurring theme yeah. with Bonnie. Have you ever hung around for someone, but you knew deep down they didn't want you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I, I had a couple that I knew really, really liked me as a person, and they just liked my company and wanted to be my friend. Yeah. But I could tell, like, they didn't really want to date me. And but they didn't want to like hurt my feelings. So why did you stick around then? I don't know. I was bad. I was bad at like being the one that ended things. Because in a weird way, even though I was getting hurt, I didn't want to hurt someone else. Sure, and I, get I thought it. like me taking my friendship away from them, my pre it would be hurtful. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I worked through a lot of things over time. <laughs> you're like, we were on this podcast a few years ago. I'd have a much longer answer, but I'm trying to block all of that out. Uh, moving on to the next song, the one that I loved the most the first time I heard it, which is If You Got to Make a Fool of Somebody. If you got to make a fool of somebody. The reason I started digging it is because of that opening. It just sounded uh -huh. so beautiful. It's something that I really connect to do with her saying, if you got to make a fool out of somebody, make a fool out of me. And I love how the song, as it keeps going, it gets like it starts off almost like a ballad. And then mm -hmm. by the end of it, it's a full on. She's like, but but do better, do better. It's very bluesy. The piano is very bluesy. Just really a showcase of her talent. Uh -huh. But once again, it's it's her in a bad relationship. This is a <laughs> reoccurring theme for Bonnie. Bonnie yeah. really just needs to get out of it. Yeah, but that's probably where she made her best music. I so she, she's probably one of those artists who kind of craved that dysfunction. Well, that actually brings us into the next song. <laughs> the low-hanging fruit. Oh. The best guitar work on the album, in so my good. opinion. Love me like a man. Play the guitar solo, Peter, at a minute and 22. It's just incredible. There's a part of this song where she goes, and I need someone to love with that like need. It's uh -huh. just, ooh, I just get butterflies. It's a funky song, but what do you think it's about? Is it about, is this a song about feminism? Is this that she wants the equality of men? Or is like, what do you think love me like a man means? I, I assume, I thought she was saying she wants you to, the guy to step up and act like a, like a man. Like, be a man. Yeah. That's what I thought, but maybe I didn't listen to the lyrics close enough. I mean, I, there is, there's, if you break down some of the, the, the lyrics, a lot of them are, are, what I read is that this is, and I assume this is true too. I don't know why I just said I read this, but this is what women, most women, you know, don't want from a man. They, they never, they, in some of the lyrics, she says, I've never seen such losers. Don't think I haven't tried. I want a man to hold me, not some fool to ask me why. Mm -hmm. They all want me to rock them like my back ain't got no bone. Um, <laughs> but I want a man to rock me like my backbone was his own. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I just think it, she's saying I want like a real man. I don't want one of these pussies. You need to, don't act like, you know, flaky. Don't. Don't not call me. I want you to step up to the plate and treat me right. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I th I thought she was saying. So that every song so far has been about love. And then she moves into Too Long at the Fair, which is such a beautiful song with the strings. Uh, but this is a song, after reading it, first I thought, because it's called Too Long at the Fair, I, I was like, no, I can identify with that. I've been at a lot of fairs. <laughs> too many corn dogs. Way too long, and now you're on the zipper, and it's spinning yep, you around, and then yep. you're getting sick, and then your friend throws up, and then once somebody loses their shoe, and then it's time to go. But this is really about about religion. 
You know, oh, she says, know Jesus cried, wept, and died. I guess he went up to heaven. I've been downtown such a long, long time. I'll never make it home by seven. Won't you come and take me home? I've been too long at the fair. And Lord, I just can't stand it anymore. It's like, as, as I listen to this, knowing her history with drinking and, uh-huh. and stuff like that, and I know it was probably early on, but it just has a, it's just a lot it's just a lot heavier than any yeah. other song on this record. And yeah. she was raised Quaker. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And she spent her childhoods attending like Quaker camps in the mm-hmm. Anirondack Mountains in New York State. That's the funniest shit is that Bonnie Raitt's from Burbank. I know she was born what in Burbank. The fuck, but, but dude. raised in like Poughkeepsie or Yeah, something. like just I thought oh, this is like a down home <laughs> Tennessee girl with her, thought, with her fucking country hair. Oh, I thought she was like Mississippi or something for sure. But you have a have a strong connection to God or you did because you kind of grew up in the Bible Belt as mm-hmm. well. So like how has your connection to God or the universe or whatever uh-huh. now uh, changed over the years? And because and, I know I've, I've heard through the grapevine yeah. in your childhood you were kind of churchy. Um, Yeah, I mean, not like I was never churchy in the way that you like hear about like preachers kids or something Mm -hmm. but i think every every southern person goes to church like you grew up going to church this is what you did yeah uh socially socially if anything that was just part of the it's part of the fabric there you know sure but we were methodist so that's like on the light scale of religion um, it was the baptists in town who were the hardcore the baptists the the snake handlers (laughs) Those are my favorite. We, there were, That's my favorite way to worship me. Christ. If I was going to convert to Christianity, <laughs> I want I want snake handling, like, no, drinking fucking venom and shit. That stuff freaks me out. I did know someone who's like dad did that. And I was like, no, nope, get me out. Yeah, I think it's time to leave the fair. That's what I'm saying. I've been too long. That wasn't very prevalent where I live where I was from, but there it did happen kind of in the backwoods, but. The Baptists were more of just like that, like, you know, everything's a sin sure. kind of thing. And and we didn't live like that, thank God. I mean, my, my family was more of just like, uh, we're more focused on the morals, like be a good person, do, do, do something for other people. Sure. Like, it's, it's, let's go volunteer. Let's go, you know, this person needs something. Let's help them out. That, and that's, I, that to me is the most important part of Christianity. All right, a little bit more lighthearted on to You Got to Know How, which hands down is my favorite song on the record. The clarinet, this like ragtime <laughs> swing. And then when you listen to the lyrics, it's all about how to fuck. <laughs> it literally you is. You gotta know how. You gotta know how. You better, Here you go. I'll give you sample lyrics. And Peter, if that. you could play this song behind me because this is it's my favorite song on the record. Uh, technique ain't tough. If you care enough, you can learn to know how. I might drop a hint how to strike my flint if you yearn to know how. I love that. It's just, she is literally just laying it out there. Now she's horny. Now she's horny, but also this has the best part of this, the best part of the whole album when she goes, uh, when you love me, right? You hear me holla. Whoa! <laughs> oh my God! That's what I'm. I, that's the shit that I didn't expect from this record. Is is that? But her, her dirty bird. Just well, not the dirty bird. Just yeah, that like this weird way of like of of singing and twisting a note, and you really. You know, she puts that forward in this song. Also, I didn't expect this album to have fucking ragtime swing clarinet oh, shit. No. It sounded like, well, nobody, know, like write, woody... nobody writes like this anymore. No, they don't. That, like deeper kind of meaning and where you're like figuring it out. Yeah. So to ask you this question about my favorite song, she's talking about turning you on. Uh, what are the ways of guiding someone and how to turn you on? Are you a particular person? <laughs> Gosh, no. I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> Beggars just can't touch be, me. I don't give a can't shit. Be yeah, I get it. It's, just make me feel I mean, good. Have you? I mean, well, there's there's that one thing where it's like I always felt bad when you it's like you like somebody and then you go in for that first kiss mm-hmm. and it's just bad. Oh, like it's yeah. not even just the first kiss, but the second, third, fourth. Like they don't have that rhythm yeah. that you have. It's never gonna work. And I, but I've had to because if I've really liked the person, I and that's like I feel so horrible to have to go. Hey, yeah. let's just. 
Let's just calm down on the tongue a little Let's bit. Like, slow it down. It's not stabbing. It's more yeah. swirling. Like, just, just be nice to my face. Don't try to stab it. Girl smacking you. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like the struggles. Yeah! Down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. All right, would you want to do some facts? Yeah. Let's do some facts. Let's do some facts. Do <laughs> some facts. You can join in. Let's do some, some facts. facts. Let's do, do some, some facts. facts. Do some facts. <laughs> All right, first fact. I already mentioned it. Bonnie Ray was born in Burbank, Burbank. California. I mean, it's just... It, it makes sense because a lot of her songs have references to the Ikea on to, Magnolia. Uh, Bob Hope Airport. Because I'm on the Ikea <laughs> on Magnolia. <laughs> when you go to the Cold Stone Creamery <laughs> in Burbank. Burbank's antique store. Can I tell you my favorite thing about, this is my favorite joke Angelo Bowers ever wrote. He goes, I just ran the Burbank Marathon. <laughs> Uh, there's no real uh, distance in the race. You just run until you're tired of Burbank. <laughs> All right. Early in her career, she opened for various blues le- legends from mm-hmm. Mississippi, Fred McDowell, Sippy Wallace, Sunhouse, Muddy Waters, and John Lee Hooker. And she learned firsthand lessons on life as well as invaluable techniques on performance. Who has helped your career without you even knowing it? Without them even knowing it? Um. Well, I mean... Like Chelsea Handler gave me my big break. Um, the and you know, before her, no one was hiring me, and no one would, I, I couldn't, I could barely get rep- representation, and like no one knew what to do with me. And she took a chance on me when everyone else was saying no, so that helped get everything started for sure. But, um, Carol Burnett was a big influence on me. Uh, I grew up watching like reruns of her shows with my grandmother, and yeah. She she did everything that I, th- you know, try to do now. She in her one show, she like talked to the audience. So that's improv. Mm-hmm. She did sketches. I I did sketches for many years at the Groundlings, uh, and improv. She um, did a monologue, which is essentially stand up. And um, so I saw like in her in the Carol Burnett show, I got to see stand up sketch improv. And her just like connecting to audiences in such a real way. Like they loved her, you know? Yeah. And they like, I just remember watching her just being like, man, like what, what does that feel like to have like people just like connect with you like that? That's she just, and she was so positive and so like, like a bright light, you know? And that really stood out to me. And I try to emulate that. All right, let me ask you this. Oh, no, yeah. This is actually another fact. Here okay. we go. Her father, John Rate, is amongst Broadway royalty. Mm-hmm. And he is best known for his stage roles in the musicals Carousel, Oklahoma, The Pajama Game. The list goes on and on. He was a handsome man, wow. very virile, strong voice leading man in the golden age. But this is why I wanted to bring that up. Because her father gave her the best advice she had ever heard. Okay. And this is it. Make every night opening night. Oh, okay. So what's so the give it your all? Give it your all. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? And I and you you keep mentioning your grandma. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, your grandma was extremely special to you. Yeah. So like, what's the best advice your grandma ever gave you? I'm trying. You know, she died when I was 18. I wish I had gotten to know her as as an adult, so I could have had those more. Yeah. Significant talks, you know, because when you're in you high have no, school, you have no idea, like, but you have no idea. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, you know, you never know what you got until it's gone. I mean, and- I loved her so much and I, I am grateful that I realized at that age how special she was to me. Yeah. I, so I never took her for granted, but I definitely didn't get to have those adult. I just wasn't evolved enough to like know what to ask her, you know? Yeah. Um, but she showed me a lot through example um about treating people well like she was beloved by everyone in my hometown and i saw i got to see firsthand how she made people feel and you could see someone come up to her and just light up they just loved the sight of her 
and she just made so many people feel good. So I, I, I got to see that and learn from that, like yeah. the importance of making people feel something just by being kind or I don't know, just present, whatever that yeah. is. So if you had to get, let's do this, let's spin this. If you had to give advice to somebody uh-huh. like about, about, about existence, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just the blanket statement is just be good to people. Just, honestly, I, that will get you, you further in life than anything. I, I love think. how you said you weren't hippy dippy and that's the I most know, hippy like, dippy trippy is, bullshit. Just be, just, be a, good just person. be a good person and just, you know. Well, not, well, you can't just be a good person and expect to get all your dreams and wishes come true. Uh, it's a combo of being a good person, working hard. Yeah. I believe in hard work more than anything. Uh, you don't get things by just sitting around chilling. No, that's you, why I'm doing this. It's because it, it's just, you have to work. I, I, t- I tell people all the time. If you think you're working hard, times that by two and do that. Yep. All right. Last fact. And this is probably uh, the heaviest question too. You were talking about Bonnie having like uh, problems with, with drinking. So mm-hmm. during the 1980s, her record label Warner Brothers dropped her, and it was at this time that she began gaining weight and started drinking. Her life was falling apart personally and professionally, and she even had an opportunity to work with Prince, but because that project full- fell through due to Ray's perceived appearance. Oh, really? So after that, she got her act together, and that kind of came full circle. Prince and got- was like, I cannot say this. Yeah. That, <laughs> he was like, ooh. Ooh, like, girl. Ooh, ooh girl, ooh. no. He was like, no, really? Ooh. Oh, he's digging me. No, I mean, ooh, girl. Girl. Ew. <laughs> so let me ask you this, like, because mm-hmm. we've all been through that. So was there a time that you felt like life was unbearable or none of this was working? It could be in your career. So professionally, personally, whatever, but you mm-hmm. had to make a change. And, and what did you do? Um, gosh, I, I, the hardest time in my life, I think, was growing up. I think there was a lot. My family was in a crazy place and there was so much going on and my grandmother died and she was like a big influence on me and i remember thinking like oh, if i can get through this you know i can get through anything like it was there was like one thing after another just like it was just a constant struggle sure and like nothing was ever easy and i just remember always being like why can't things something just be easy why can't this thing just work out you know and it was a lot of that like up until i moved to la and then once I got to LA, I was like on my own and I kind of just like had to, I just realized like life, life was going to be what I made it to be. You know, if I didn't want a life like my, what I had growing up, I got to do something about it. You yeah. Know? So it, it, I think it gave me a drive that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Cause I remember just thinking like, I don't want to have the life that I grew up with. And, and so I better work my tail off to not only get like financial stability, but to like figure out who I am and get to the bottom of my shit, work through my problems, you know, like just, I just was always determined that I was, whatever my life was going to be, I just wanted peace. And that was my only goal was I want peace. And as long as I have peace, that that's all I want, yeah. you know? And so that was my mm. driving force. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You want to hear the where is she now? Yeah. Here we go. Then the closing. Always, as always, everybody, uh, big, black, and beautiful David Ross, my uh, producer, my buddy going on this journey with me, who I, I call nonstop. He always writes our where are they now, so here we go. Okay. <clears throat> After the 1972 release of her second album, Give It Up, she continued to release albums that critics adored but had low sales. It wasn't until her 10th album, which we've talked about, Mm -hmm. Nick of Time, where the earth truly felt her strings vibrations. Ooh, David, I love the way you write sometimes. Ranked number 230 on this very list we are celebrating. It won three Grammys, including Album of the Year, and she went on to release 17 albums after that, the last being 2016's Diggin' Deep. Do you know that one? I don't. Neither do I. We're give it up fans, dude. We don't jump right into that. Uh, but, but this I love this is where he goes off, man. He goes, Bonnie is a throwback musician, addicted to the road, 
the child of a Broadway legend who sang on stage till his mid-80s. You can't tell me that that upbringing, coupled with early days of opening before legend blues musicians who refused to hang up the guitar, didn't have a lasting effect on her. Let's all not forget all of the women musicians who saw this women who saw this woman gave an audience a pulse and think to themselves, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bonnie has never lost relevance, whether it is music or activism. She remained a hundred yards ahead of us this entire time and will never tire of chasing her. Are you now a fan oh, of Bonnie Ray? hundred percent. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I like any, any strong female singer. Who's out there still kicking ass? Great voice, guitar playing like a mofo. I love it. <laughs> I love it because it like how many people can do what she does? Not many. I, I, I'm, <clears throat> it's just like I said in closing for this record. It's like I was completely shocked of what I got, and I am now. If I might not go out and listen to more Bonnie Raitt, but I'll tell you, I fucking have so much respect for totally. this woman. And her story, I mean, all I want to say is, Bonnie, just please find a man that will treat you right. Yes. Stop writing about these relationships. And, and who knows how to love you like a man. Yeah, man. And who... Light her flint. Gives it to you good. Light her flint. That's what I'm saying. Her flint needs to be rubbed right. and scraped. Or we want to f- make you holler in all the good ways. Fortune, thank you so much for coming on, darling. Thanks, Josh. I love you. I love you, bud. The real question of this podcast is how many of us have spent too much time at the fair? Probably most of us. And probably I hope some of you guys also felt the same things that I felt from this record. Like I cried my ass off to Love Has No Pride. Ladies and gentlemen, Fortune Feemster. And if you guys want to follow Fortune, Go to fortunefeemster.com. All of her tour dates are up there. She's got a big tour coming out, so go to fortunefeemster.com and fortunefeemster on all social media. Like I said at the beginning, I'll be posting her mixtape track listing on social media and on all music platforms, and you can find all of that at the500podcast.com. Email the podcast at 500 podcast at gmail.com. Also, I spoke about it at the beginning. We've got the 500 Club guys. We're giving away merch, t shirt, hoodies. We're doing live chats between me and my guests. And as long as you sign up to join the club, you get full access to uncut episodes, interview extras, all one day early on Record Store Tuesday. And that starts in December, guys. And uh, I want to give a big, big shout out to two. We got Adam Aguilar and the one and only Bobby. I can never say your last name. Laglistica, Lagalisi. Bobby, I love you. I love you so much, Bobby. You are my fucking dog. I love you. So join the movement. The 500 Club is the shit. Do it. The 500podcast.com backslash club for all details on Patreon membership options to support the 500. Also, I want to say this about about Adam. Adam is a great guy, uh, and Bobby is a great guy, but this is a specific story about Adam. I was doing a show at the Ice House, and uh, Adam came up to me to watch it with him and his beautiful girlfriend, and they showed me that not only are they following along, but they are making their own playlist out of their favorite songs from the 500. And that meant the world to me because it shows that, that the movement is happening, people. So, Adam, you're the shit. I fucking love you, dude. And all upcoming tickets for any shows related to me, you can go to my website, which is joshadammyers.com. Please subscribe on your favorite platform, write a review, rate the podcast five stars. I don't give a fuck what you put on there, but I would love it if every single person listening right now 
leaves a five-star rating and a beautiful review of the show, it would mean the mu- so much to me. It would bless my, my jilted, torn soul. And I need the love, guys. That's why I'm doing this, because I want people to, to let me know that they're digging it. And that means the world to me that you're listening. Also, guys, we've got tickets are starting to go on sale for the Moon Tower Comedy Fest that's going to be hold, held in April. And we'll be doing a live 500 podcast taping there in Austin, Texas, guys. It's one of the best comedy festivals in the country. Jeremiah said it'll be hot as balls. It won't. It'll be perfect weather. Now, we just listened to Bonnie Raitt from 1971. Now, here is an artist that is directly influenced by this album. From Austin, Texas is singer and songwriter Molly Birch, and this is her song, I Adore You. All of her details and ways to find her are on our website. And if you guys are in a band and were directly influenced by one of these albums or artists, and you want your music featured on the 500, send your song to 500podcasts at gmail.com. Make sure you put the album and the artist that influenced you in the subject, guys. Next week is MGMT Week with her 2007 release, Oracular Spectacular. So you guys got some homework to do. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Next Chapter Podcasts.